childhood memories there, huh? Let me ask you a question. It's the same question Jesse started with last Sunday. And that is, what is forming you? What is forming you? This is a crucial question because it tells us who we are becoming. Are we being formed by the things of God or the things of this world? I think we would all acknowledge that a big influencer of formation today are screens. We all have them, right? Even if you pride yourself in still using a flip phone, you still have a TV or a computer screen. Screens are a way of life. They are virtually unavoidable. Now, how many, how many of you have heard of the Babylon Bee? Anybody heard of the Babylon Bee? Okay. It, it is a satirical website, and their slogan is, fake news you can trust. But here is one of their recent headlines. Theologians confirm chips and salsa were blessed in eternity past and may be eaten before prayer. Yeah, scholars have finally confirmed that it's not necessary to say a blessing for pre-meal chips and salsa as they were already blessed in eternity past before the foundations of the world. How incredibly liberating, huh? I mean, the article concludes by saying scholars are still trying to determine whether this blessed truth also applies to potato skins. And I guess we're just going to have to wait for that one. But you, you've got to love the Babylon Bee. Now, I tried to get the connection to serve chips and salsa today. But we, we just got all of our carpets cleaned here at the church, so red salsa didn't seem like a good idea. Plus, our cleaning staff threatened to go on strike. So uh, I'll work on that more. But seriously, we know stories like the chips and salsa story coming from a source like the Babylon Bee isn't really true, right? I mean, it's funny, but it's not true. That's obvious. But what about other news sources and content we regularly consume? It could be the music you download, the e-books you read, the YouTube channel you subscribe to, it could be a podcast. Anything we watch or listen to has the power to form us in some way, right? But here's the question. The question is, is it true? Is it true? Are the messages we're consuming day in and day out true? Can they be trusted? And does it cultivate a transformed life of godliness and holiness. Last Sunday, Jesse did a phenomenal job kicking off this series by looking at some verses in 2 Peter chapter 1. Today, we're going to stay in chapter 1 for the most part, and so I want us to turn again in our Bibles to 2 Peter. If you do not have a hard copy of the Bible, you can pick up one for free at the Next Step area in the back of this room, or you can take one of the Bibles on the chair rack in front of you. Or if, if you want to redeem the screen, right, uh, you can turn to the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or tablet. The book of 2 Peter is concerned with how we are being formed and the people that we are becoming as followers of Jesus. I love 2 Peter 1.3. It says this, his divine power, that's God's power, has given us, that's you and me, everything we need for what? a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
I mean, what, what a great verse. God is so gracious and kind. He has given us everything we need to live a godly life. How amazing is that? Last Sunday, we got to witness four baptisms in our services. Four baptisms. Four people confessed Christ as Savior and Lord and were baptized into him. In that moment, they received the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. They now have God's divine power to live a godly life. That's something to celebrate. I want you to say with me from the screen one of our core values here at OCC. Say this with me. Life transformation. We pursue and celebrate authentic life change. That pursuit of life change is just beginning for the four that were baptized. And Peter mentions one of the core components of life change, and that is knowledge. There are, there are things we need to know in order to be transformed by God. Knowledge is a significant theme throughout 2 Peter. In fact, the word appears five times in chapter one. And then Peter ends his book with this. He says, but grow in the grace and what? Knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. P Peter is saying it is super important that we possess a precise and accurate knowledge of God and his word. Why? The reason is because what you believe shapes how you live. What you believe shapes how you live. And, and this principle is a huge concern for Peter. I want you to skip down to verse 12 there in 2 Peter 1. Peter writes, so I will always remind you of these things. Now, now what things is he talking about there? Well, he, he's basically talking about what he just said in verses 3 through 11, which is mainly to keep pursuing a godly life. We need to keep pursuing a godly life, a life of self-control and love. Peter is like, do not forget this true and faithful teaching. Pursue a godly life. And he's telling them this, verse 12 says, even though they already know this and are firmly established in the truth. Man, if, if there's one quality I want for us as a church, it's that we would be firmly established in the truth. And the reason that that's one of the qualities that I want for us is because there are so many false ideas in our world today. In fact, the, the mantra of our age is this, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Everything is relative, right? You can have your truth and I can have my truth and, and both of us can be right. How crazy is that? But look at what Jesus prayed in John 17, 17. He prayed to his Father God. He said, sanctify them or form them by the truth. Your word is truth. Right there, Jesus said that God's word is truth. Now, I would say most of us believe that. Okay, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. But like Peter, even though we already know that, and even though we may be grounded in the truth, we need to be reminded of that truth. And so here, here's the first takeaway for today. I want you to write this down. 
First takeaway is to set a daily reminder that reminds you of God's truth. This week, I want you to set a daily reminder that reminds you of God's truth. This is one way we can redeem the screen. Pretty much every Sunday, and I already did earlier in the message, pretty much every Sunday we mention the YouVersion Bible app. Does everybody have that? I mean, it, it is such an incredible tool. One of its features is a daily verse of the day. And you can actually set a notification to pop up on your screen at a certain time of the day with that verse. It's a great way every day to remind yourself of God's truth because let's be honest, a lot of what we watch, a lot of what we listen to through our screens is filled with false ideas and ideologies. We need to combat that daily with reminders of God's truth. Redeem the screen. Well, Peter continues in verse 16, there in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, that word translated coming is the Greek word parousia. I want you to say that with me. Can you say that? Parousia? Here we go. One, two, three. And that's pretty good. One more time. One, two, three. Parousia, good. If you do a word study, which I'm sure you're just really wanting to do, if you were to do a word study on that word parousia, you would find that it is a technical term for the arrival or future coming of Jesus. Parousia. But as I looked at this, I asked, why does Peter make a point to say that the coming of Jesus was not a cleverly devised story? Why does he make a point to say that? Well, the reason is because there were false teachers in the church who were doubting the future coming of Jesus. They were actually saying, ain't gonna happen. Second coming of Jesus? No, it's not gonna happen. This is why Peter, in the book of 2 Peter, talks at length about the coming, parousia of the Lord, and he does it especially in 2 Peter chapter 3. Check out this verse. 2 Peter 3, 4 says, They, the false teachers, will say, Where is this coming? Parousia. He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. This is what Peter is dealing with here. He's dealing with doubt and false teaching about the second coming of Christ. Now, we're, we're going to talk more about the second coming next Sunday. So I hope you come back, even though it's Labor Day weekend. But I want you to think about this. If there is no parousia, if there is no coming of the Lord... If things are just going to continue as they are now, then there is no judgment day. In other words, you can live however you please. See, living a godly life, pursuing a godly life is optional if one's eternal reward is not involved. And so do you see what's at stake here? False teaching is a big deal. Because what you believe shapes how you live. 
In a world where so many false ideas and philosophies are floating around and popping up on our screens, it is so essential that we hold fast to the truth of God's word lest we be deceived. And you know what? Something else that's essential is for us to be ready to defend the truth of the Bible. To be ready to defend the truth of the Bible. This is what Peter does starting in verse 16. He says, what does he say? He says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I saw it, Peter says, with my very own eyes. And Peter here is referring to something called the transfiguration. Maybe some of you are familiar with the transfiguration. Jesus took Peter and two other disciples, James and John, up a mountain where they, where they experienced there something unbelievable. And this is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're not going to take the time to read it. But I want you to look at how Peter describes it in verse 17. He says this, He, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Peter says, We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Can you imagine hearing the voice of God? That'd be pretty memorable, wouldn't it? I mean, Peter did. He heard the voice of God. And, and what Peter is doing here is he's defending the truth of the coming of Christ by appealing to his eyewitness testimony of the transfiguration. Peter is recalling this event in history because it anticipates Christ's glory when he returns. Contrary to the claims of the false teachers, Peter was not dreaming this up. Peter was not pushing some mythical story. No, he saw Jesus transformed and he heard God's very words. Now, let me ask, how would you defend the second coming? Do, do you believe Jesus is coming back? Yeah? Why? Why do you believe that? And how would you defend the reliability of the Bible as a whole? I want to highlight another way that we can redeem the screen. There, there are so many great resources out there today that can equip us to defend the truth of God's word. One example that you can get free access to through OCC is something called Right Now Media. In fact, there's a QR code on the front of your bulletin today. You can use that to sign up this week or if you're not into QR codes, you can contact the church office. But we pay a monthly subscription out of the church budget so everyone here can have access to this resource. Right now, media is like Netflix for the church. There are tons of options for all ages. It's an amazing library. I want to show you right now an example of a resource on right now media called Quick Answers with Sean McDowell. Take a look at this. What makes the Bible so special? Well, first off, you might realize that the Bible has been read by more people. It's been translated into more languages and copied more than any book throughout the history of the world. 
No other religious book or popular novel even comes close to the readership of the scriptures. But second, realize the Bible is written by at least 40 authors from a variety of walks of life at different times in different places over roughly 1,500 years. The Bible has survived criticism. It survived persecution. The Bible has changed more lives, more families, more governments, and the course of history more than any other book. But not only is it unique in these factors, I believe it's unique because it records miracles that happen. It uniquely is the Word of God that talks about salvation. If you're a Christian, remember this book, the Bible, is very special. If you're not a Christian, isn't it worth diving into and reading and exploring the words that have changed more lives than any book in history? I think to ask that question is ultimately to answer it. Man, in a culture that is anti-truth, we can give reasonable and rational answers for why we believe the Bible is reliable, why we believe the Bible is true. You know, Peter shared how he heard the voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. Guess what? We can hear the voice of God right here. And so instead of binging on Netflix this week, would you explore right now media so you can be better equipped to defend the truth? Well, Peter continues in verse 19. He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Until the day dawns, Peter says, also known as the coming of the Lord, the coming of Christ, we would do well, Peter says, until that day dawns to pay attention to God's word. It's like a light shining in a dark place. And we need that light. Verse 20, above all, so this is of utmost importance, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter is specifically referring here to the Old Testament prophecies about the coming of the Lord. He's like, hey, we did not make this up. This message is from God. Man, th th these verses are so important. You may want to underline them or highlight them in your Bible. We have here a strong statement regarding the Bible. Strong statement. God spoke through human authors like Peter as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is called the doctrine of inspiration. That God had this editorial oversight through the Holy Spirit to control the way in which his human spokesman presented his message so that it came to us the way he intended. See, because of this, Peter is saying, the Bible is a sure foundation to build your life on. Because it's reliable, it's true, it's from God. And I want to tell you, friends, this is so relevant for us today. We, we, we could talk about all the false teaching 
that is out in the world. But I want to tell you, sadly, like in Peter's day, false teaching has crept into the church. Some of you are here today because you're trying to find a church that is going to stand on the truth of God's word. And let me just say, OCC is not a perfect church. After all, I'm one of the pastors, right? But I can tell you, we are committed to teaching and preaching the truth of the inspired, inerrant, unchanging, authoritative word of God. And we must not give an inch. Because as Peter warns in chapter 2, there are false teachers who will try to secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. Man, the, the truth of God's word is under attack. We are in a fight for truth. But with that said, we must remain humble, gentle, and respectful. Our goal is to lovingly persuade those who do not believe to come into the light of God's truth, to help them take their next step toward Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, it says that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a what? A knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants. See, according to Jesus, True freedom in life comes from knowing and believing the truth, which means we must believe in him because he is the truth. And so do you believe in Jesus today? He is the way and the truth and the life. You know, so-called truth is everywhere we look in society, including our screens. When we want to know something, what do we do? We turn to Google or Siri. Our worldview and beliefs are inadvertently being shaped by the wave of our culture without us sometimes even being aware of it. We consume countless hours of TV and social media every week. What is forming you? Is it the timeless truth of God's word or is it the philosophy of this age? Would you set a daily reminder that reminds you of God's truth? Would you be ready to defend the truth of the Bible? But here's one final challenge for this week. Final challenge is to get connected to the pillar and foundation of the truth, which is the church. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. And this whole idea of getting connected that we've been pushing over the last couple weeks, it's not just about relationships, it's not just about serving as Kelsey shared earlier, but it's, it's about truth. Here at OCC, we have Sunday school classes for children through fourth grade. We have a Bible and breakfast for youth, fifth through 12th grade. We have adult Bible fellowship groups for all ages and seasons of life post high school. These classes and groups meet every Sunday and it's in these environments where we can grow in the knowledge and application of God's truth together. Get connected. We also have something called Rooted starting next month which will help you get connected and rooted in the truth.
Drop by the Next Step area for more information today. But what if, what if more and more, what if more and more truth flooded our hearts and washed away lies? What if truth passed through our lips and challenged false ideas? What if truth formed us into otherworldly people and gave testimony to the power of God? What is forming you? Because remember, what you believe shapes how you live. And Jesus is coming back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for my friends here today and also joining us online. God, that we would be people of the truth. That is all these messages and this information overload that we have in our world today. As all these different things come at us. Father, help us to be like the church Peter wrote to, help us to be firmly established in the truth. Help us to seek it. Help us to know it. Help us to love it, to live it. God, we're grateful that Jesus, your son, he is the way and the truth and the life. And we pray all this in his name. Amen.